0: This is Rebecca McQueen-Ruark, the Vice President of Student Affairs and Dean of Students at Kentucky Wesleyan, and you're here for the next episode of Yas McQueen, where I talk to students and advisors that are involved in our student organizations on campus, and I am very lucky to have one Coach Alfonso Browning here as my guest today. Hello, Coach. How are you?
1: I'm fine, Becca. How are you doing today?
0: I'm okay, Pookie. So, um... I think a lot of people, obviously, who follow our football team know of your coaching skills, but they may not know a lot about you. So I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Um, The first thing is just tell me, like, what is it that you do at Kentucky Wesleyan?
1: Uh, I was brought in three and a half years ago as an assistant football coach. Uh, Since then, I've kind of spread out a little bit around campus to help out. Uh, Now I'm an advisor for the Black Student Union, and I also help uh, as a Title IX uh, deputy um, on campus,
0: oh yeah, I forgot that. You're also and, the and, w, and also yeah.
1: help with the track team too,
0: yeah, so you do a little bit of everything
1: a little bit little man of all trades,
0: so like with the being assistant coach for the football team, do you is there like a certain position that you're a coach for?
1: Um, I am now currently the offensive coordinator. Okay. I came in as the wide receiver coach, pass game coordinator um but with the new adjustments to our staff, I got promoted uh nice. coach Young felt highly of me uh that I was capable of leading our offense. And I am very excited about the challenge.
0: So on Monday mornings this year during the fall, if I am not happy with how many points we've scored, you are the person I need to come talk to. Is yes, that what you are telling yes, me? Yes, no, ma'am.
1: Bring your baseball bat too. Oh yeah, right.
0: Okay. So I don't. I know that you've had like a whole like life and career in football and stuff before you got here. So I think it'd be important. Can you just tell us like who you were before you came to Kentucky Wesleyan?
1: Oh. I was a little sooty slicker from from San Francisco, California, in the Bay Area. Uh, Played junior college ball at City College of San Francisco. Um, Got a scholarship to attend the University of Kentucky. Uh, Played for the University of Kentucky for two years. Um, Had an opportunity to play a little bit of professional ball. uh, Two years in NFL. Um, Two years overseas in NFL Europe. Um, Five years in Canada, in Montreal, Toronto, uh, and also had an opportunity to play a little arena ball with the Louisville Fire uh, when my daughters was a little younger.
0: Wow, so you've been all over the world. When you played overseas, obviously you've been in Canada, like, but where overseas did you play in Europe?
1: I was in Barcelona, so I got a chance to go to Scotland, got a chance to go to Amsterdam, got a chance to go to London, uh, Scotland. Uh, where Deu- was your Deucesdorf. favorite? Uh, my favorite was either between Barcelona or London. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we went we on on our honeymoon. We went we went on a cruise out of Barcelona and we didn't get to spend very much time there. But I can't imagine getting to live there and all the things that you got to do and the it's, food and, every, you know, all it, of that.
1: It's it's one of the most beautiful places in, in, in our situation. The hotel that we stayed in while we were playing there was uh, right across the street from a beach. So we got to go right outside the hotel and go get in the water every day if we wanted to.
0: Was it all Americans that you were playing with or were they people? I mean, because it's American football. Um, Or were there people from all over the world that you were playing with?
1: So the way NFL Europe and also Canada, uh, the way it's set up, you're allowed a certain amount of Americans, but you have to have international players also. Hmm. Uh, And that works both in Canada also. And a lot of people ask me, was it easier to make it in Canada as opposed to the NFL? And I was like, no. Um, And the main reason is because of the international players, they have... They only hold 36, so it's 18 Americans and 18 Canadians in Canada. Uh, In NFL Europe, the numbers are a little little more staggered, Uh, but I think we had to have between 7 and 10 international players on a roster of like 44.
0: I didn't even realize that, like, this is my stupidity, and I will own it. You know, because I know soccer, they call it football, other places, so I didn't know how popular American football was outside of, like, the Americas. So Uh, are there certain countries that a lot of them came from?
1: Um, really pretty much there are football players everywhere, to be honest okay. with you. And, you know, when we was in Europe, we were uh, football Americano because football is is, is is king over over in Europe. So yeah. it, was, it was football Americano. So I was like, OK, <laughs> Sounds like a coffee
0: you'd order I'd yeah. like a football Americano, please. OK, so that's. I feel like I could talk about you talk to you about that all day, but we're going to get down to the nitty gritty then. <laughs> so obviously you share that you're the advisor of the black student union, um, which is awesome um, because the black student union has really seen a revival over the last few years and becoming really active on campus and, um, winning awards and offering all sorts of programs. How did you get involved um, in being the advisor of that student organization?
1: Um, after my first year here, maybe the first semester, uh, one of our former students and players, Malcolm Hayes, uh, came to me and said, I nominated you to be the, an advisor for the BSU uh, because we don't have an advisor and we want to, we you know, create this grouping and get it going. I was like, well, since you already uh, nominated me, I guess I will go ahead and take it. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, for me, it was it was really a no brainer. Um, You know, I think a black student union union is important on any campus. Uh, And then, you know, at the school that I'm at, they don't have an advisor and they need one. Uh, I felt like it was a a need and a duty for me to uh, go ahead and assume that role.
0: Well, I remember the initial meeting that you and I had um, where you were asking, like, what does it mean to be an advisor? And then we had a meeting with some student leaders. And I knew instantly in our conversation with that student, like, this is the guy to advise this group. Because, one, you were very encouraging to those students, but you also, like we're going to hold them accountable. I don't know if you remember that meeting and that conversation, but I was like, this is exactly what the student organization needs to like take them forward. So I'm really glad that you did it.
1: Um, well, thank you. I think, you know, for me, accountability uh, is one of the main reasons that I've been able to overcome everything that I've overcome in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's human nature. We're going to make mistakes, mistake, but, you know, to own up to it, uh, get it figured out and, and, and get it corrected. I think every every individual needs to learn how to do that uh, to be successful in this world.
0: Yeah, and what, you know, at I think sometimes people think when they think of like an educator on a college campus, they think of a college like a professor, right? We're all educators, and like right. in all of our roles, we're teaching these students what it takes to like to be a person, to be an adult, to be to function. So a lot of those things that you're offering the students, not only on the football field but with the Black Student Union, um, is going to help them. As they move forward in their lives. So, anyway, I'm really excited that you're the BSU advisor. Um, what is the most difficult thing about advising um, a student organization? Dealing with these young folks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish y'all could see the smirk that he had on his face when he said that.
1: You know, I mean, I, I love them to death, but you know, getting them to be proactive and not so last minute uh, more often than not has probably been the biggest challenge. uh You know, they they got in good intentions. Uh, I know they have busy schedules, uh, but you know, just trying to get them to set their schedule and and learn how to manage their time in order for them not to be so last minute all the time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No comment. (laughs) I mean, that's, I mean, that's half of what we deal with in my office is, is just those things. Well, what's the best thing about advising a student organization then?
1: The best thing in my opinion is, is actually watching them grow. Uh, you know, over three years, I've had the opportunity to watch a couple of our students grow in, in the BSU, uh, from you know basically young freshmen and sophomores that barely spoke uh, to young individuals that's leading the way and taking charge, and uh, you know doing the things that they need to do to be successful uh, after school.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you most proud of that BSU has accomplished since you've been an advisor?
1: well we we've, we've done a couple of things uh we we've done two marches for two different occasions um you know the first one was the march for justice back uh right during right around the covid time when all that was going on in america uh and then the second one was the a, a march for change uh one of our students uh actually one of our football players got in the incident in Owensboro uh, and we felt like we needed to march for that um because even though everything that's been going on stuff still happens everywhere um, at any time. So we just wanted to continue, uh, to bring the awareness to the Owens Bor- Owensboro community, uh, that, you know, nonsense does happen here, uh, like everywhere else. And, you know, we just want to make people aware so we could try to see a change.
0: Yeah. Okay. This wasn't, this is a hard question, I think, and it wasn't on the list of questions that I sent you, but, um, obviously you work with a large population of our black students on campus from the, the football team. And then obviously advising BSU, what do you think are the biggest issues facing our students of color at Kentucky Wesleyan?
1: I think the biggest issue is for them to come out their shell. Uh, I think a lot of them are afraid to be who they are um, because they're now at a place that's different from where they came from. Um, and I, I that I think is the biggest challenge that they could be who themselves, uh, but learn how to uh, be mature about it uh, and respectful about it uh, and go about it doing, doing the right, doing, doing it the right way. Um, you know, I, that's, that's probably what I think the biggest challenge is for our, for our, for our students.
0: Are you, are there things that you think that we could do differently as just, you know, people associated with the college to help those students feel more comfortable doing that?
1: Um, I think the communication has to be better. Um, because for instance, I'm gonna use Yogi McKnight. Uh she's afraid to communicate uh with her track coach, uh, Coach Stevens. And I'm like, you know, to be successful you gotta learn how to talk to people. You gotta be 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 able to share your thoughts, you know, whether right or wrong, and in that way y'all could come to some kind of understanding. Um so it's, it's just getting them to speak up and not be afraid to hear no, um, because we've all, we've all heard no before. Uh, but, you know, just be able to speak up respectfully and, 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 and educated to, you know, create a conversation, especially if something's not right, sitting right with them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really, I think, I mean, that's not just for our students of color, for all students, right? Like we mm-hmm. all have to, Every, every day we should be trying better to make sure that they feel safe and comfortable expressing their needs and and opinions to us. I mean, it, we're not correct. here if we don't have students. I mean, that's the whole point of everything that we do. So, yeah, I think that's definitely, I hear you. Um, <laughs> All right. So, let's just, getting to know you better. Okay. Um, if you could only listen to music by one artist for the rest of your life, who would you choose to listen to? Tupac. Tupac. OK. Any like certain like songs or albums of his that are like very significant to you? Uh,
1: Dear Mama uh, is real significant, significant to me now because my mother is deceased. Uh, you know, you know, every day I wake up, I always want to make sure that each day I walk, that I walk in a way that she will be proud. So uh, Dear Mama for me uh, is probably one of the most listened to songs uh, you know, if I could just reminisce all the, all the good memories of my mom, you know, single parent, and you know, I think she did a really good job uh, with me, uh, kicking my behind when I needed it, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and encouraging me to be the best person I could be.
0: There's nothing better than a mom. I I mean, I mean, I'm a mom now, so I'm not talking about myself, but like, there's literally a mom's love for their kids and the sacrifices they're willing to make, like. Yeah, you're gonna have me crying in the club up here, uh, <laughs> Coach Browning. Um, is there so is so is that this? If I said you can only listen to one song for the rest of your life, would it be Dear Mama?
1: No, that would be the most played. Okay, uh, but if it was one song, you might laugh at me when I tell you this one—a uh, song by Jelly Roll. Okay. Um,
0: Jelly, see, this is—I'm so old. I don't even no, know what he, Jelly Roll he, he, is. He, he,
1: he's a country gospel. Uh, Christian artist. Okay. Uh, Save me is the name of the song.
0: Okay, I'm gonna uh, put it in my notes in my phone. It's,
1: it's probably Sing one it. of my one of my favorite most favorite songs. Uh, you know because we're sinners, you know, and saved by the grace of God. So uh, I mean that song just every time I listen to it, it just 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 hits me deep. Like, uh, but you know when I said Jelly Roll and Save Me, you was like,
0: I know I was like <laughs> and, what? And, and, I don't know Jelly Roll. I never even heard and, of Jelly Roll. And you
1: you, you look at his picture, you really gonna be like.
0: Okay, now I'm, now I'm going to look at it oh, yeah, cuz I feel like we like need to Coach talk Browning about got this some right now. Is he like real country?
1: Wait, wait, you you're going to okay. be awfully surprised.
0: But he <laughs> Yeah, well, especially the first picture that comes up for him on Google does not look as if he would be singing a song, but uh about Jesus, he's You know, but he looks like Post Malone with all the the face tattoos and stuff. So I'm going to have to listen to that. He's awesome. Mine's Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror.
1: I like that. I love that song, too.
0: There's something, I mean it's its own sort of gospel in the way of like, what are you doing to make yourself better? And I, and I just love the Michael Jackson. He does excellent. Like, uh, you know, those mm-hmm. little noises he would make mm-hmm. like those kind of things. He does really good ones. of those mm-hmm. in the mirror, so. if,
1: if, if I could give you one other the song, the JB's with James Brown, the JBs do, doing it to death.
0: I don't, I don't even, this, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't even know that song.
1: That one might be before your time, Becca, but you know, cause James Brown's a little bit before my time.
0: What was it? Doing it to death?
1: Doing it to death.
0: Yes. I'm going to look at listen. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to listen to this. I'm older than you think I am,
1: but I'm I'm way older than you think I am, too.
0: Well, okay, that's not true. But you did tell me like last week that you moved. You just recently moved your daughter to Boston. Correct. And it is hard for me to believe because you do look so young that you have like a grown adult daughter that you're moving somewhere. So how many kids do you have?
1: I have 20 girls, 26 years old. Uh, just moved Taylor to Boston she is a buyer for TJ Banks Corporation she's in retail and Jasmine the day before moved to Columbus she's finishing the second part of her uh, of a residency at Ohio State University
0: like medical residency?
1: She's a pharmacy. Oh she graduated from a uh, UK grad school last May uh, in pharmacy. She got a doctorate in pharmacy.
0: Like how proud of you are, are you of your daughter? I'm proud. I'm a proud dad. Yeah, I I'm bet you are. Dad. Like I can tell just like the way your face lit up when yeah. you were talking about yeah. it. Um, are they going to get you anything for Father's Day this weekend? You think? Always. Yeah. <laughs> they,
1: they, they always surprise me with something. I mean, they ask me what I want. I give them options and they always give me... The one that I want best every time. So. Well, so,
0: Okay, you're better than mine. I always ask my dad, like, what do you want for your birthday, Father's Day, whatever? And he's always like, you don't have to get me anything. And it's like, you know I'm going to get you something. I would rather you just tell me specifically what it is you want. So I appreciate that you will tell your girls something that it is that you want. But. Yeah, because I don't
1: want to buy them nothing that they don't want. So then I have kind of raised them to do the same. So, you know, you don't want to get gifts that you don't like. So,
0: yeah. Had you ever been to Boston before before you moved her up? That
1: there? was my first time and I, and I really didn't get a chance to see Boston. She stayed in a place Franklin Towns about about 45 minutes outside of Boston. Okay. And her jobs in between her where she stays in Boston, so
0: And how far did you have to drive a U-Haul?
1: 15 hours. One way? Yes.
0: You are a really good dad. I mean, I know that you know that, but like, that's, and that's exactly the kind of stuff that I would ask my dad to do for me. So I said that mamas are great, but also dads of daughters are like, I don't know how we get by without them, to be honest with you. I'm definitely
1: a girl dad, two of them at that. Yeah. And twins. Yes.
0: How, how difficult was it?
1: It was actually easy. Uh, both of them, like when they were young, slept through the night. Um, so we didn't have to get up every two hours to feed them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they grew up when growing up. We didn't we, we separated them in class, starting in kindergarten. So they they create their own personality. That's uh, so it, it was actually awesome watching them grow. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about to where they are now. I mean, it, it was it was an awesome experience. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny, you know, my husband and I, we adopted our baby and there were several times in that adoption process where we had the option to be considered for twins. Like that, you know, they would say that there's a situation you could, and we would be like, Oh yeah, we should totally do that. Just like two at once. And now that we have our, our four month old baby, we're like, <laughs> we have no idea how people with twins would be able to handle this. So I have so much respect for the fact that you were able to make it with twins.
1: We, we, we were blessed with them too.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine. You're going to show me a picture after this. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, what is the best movie or show that you have watched recently? Uh,
1: the met, the best show that I am watching now uh, is called Family Business on okay. BET. Uh, my father in law just turned me on to it when I when I when I was down there to take Taylor, and I started watching it when I got back. So, uh, it's a pretty entertaining show.
0: Is that is it a is it like a drama? Yes. And are they in the White House? No. no that's a different show on VAT no, it's, that I've watched.
1: It's, it's, a it's about a family that owns a high-priced car company, but uh-huh. also uh, distributes uh, stuff that they shouldn't be uh-huh. uh, and doing things that they shouldn't. Um, it's really entertaining. It's really funny. Uh, a lot of bad acting, um, but it's, it's it's grabbed my attention and I haven't stopped watching it. It's like a it. soap opera. Yes, you can't turn it yes, off. Yes. yes I'm, okay, yes. now I'm going to
0: have to watch that too. Like, I love some, like drama trashy <laughs> dramatic tv like i love yes. some like real housewives and that kind of stuff so <laughs> i could totally get down with that um what is one thing most people wouldn't know about you
1: that i'm actually a pretty nice person the okay, reason I, people the, don't know that about you well because my facial expression nine times out of ten I, I, don't, I don't walk around smiling all the time so uh i mean there i guess there's a perception that i mean like well, he's so serious all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not serious all the time. If if you could get past my mean mug or um, <laughs> my whatever you want to call it, um, I'm actually Resting a pretty Resting coach little, face yeah, is what I'm going to call I'm, it. I'm, 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 I'm actually a pretty cool dude.
0: Yeah, I have never, I mean, I've, I've always just found you to be so like even keel, like laid back, even when you and I have had to work together with some difficult situations with students, whether it was like. Uh, They were in trouble or whatever it was. I've just always found you to just be so nice and easy to work with. And I, I'm sure people have told this before, but the way that you work with the students, you do it in a way that like demands that they respect you, but also shows them that you care about them. Like you're like their dad. I mean, it's, you know, so I hope somebody has told you that before that you, you work really well um, with the students. and I think you're a great role model and figure to have on campus to work with them.
1: I think, I think, I think God's been good to me and I, I think he's leading me in the right direction and, and I'm following the right way. Uh, You know, I just, you know, for all young people, you know, once you get out of school, I mean, the world is tough. So, you know, my whole thing is to try to prepare them for what they're going to deal with. So, you know, when they get in the real world and they get into their job situation, nobody's going to sugarcoat nothing for them. They're going to tell them pretty straightf- straightforward, like, look, you got to do better, blah, blah, blah. So you need to get used to it. But, you know, it's just got to be in a respectful way and a way that they understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, showing them that, you know, we do have love for you. But at the same time, you have to do better. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, I, I think I would have to credit that to my mom because, like I said, she got in my behind a few times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, growing up. So,
0: can you give us an example of a time you got in trouble?
1: Yeah, yeah, this this is an <laughs> easy one. So, you know, I've been in sports my whole life, and I played pop Warner football. So, one morning she gets up an hour before me, before she has to take me to a game. She cooks me some pancakes and sausage and and eggs. Uh, so she already cooked the sausage and the sauces. I started eating the sausage and she starts cooking the pancakes and she gave me a burnt pancake. And I am like, I'm, I don't want to eat that. So then she took the pancake out the skillet and smacked me in my face with it <laughs> and let it, watched it drop on the floor and made me pick it up and made me eat it before I went to my game to have energy for the day. <laughs>
0: and so what did you learn from that i mean i can guess what you learned but what did you learn from that situation
1: whenever my mom is cooking for me you better eat
0: that's it. what you're gonna eat because she got up early just for you because she loves you yep. that is funny i'm gonna slap you with the pancake in the dining hall sometime when i see you in there um okay and it's last- gotta be burnt okay well, well then i'm yeah, sure so i can have Frenchie or somebody burn me a pancake <laughs> don't worry um All right. So the last question I have for you, what is it that you think makes Kentucky Wesleyan unique and why do you continue to work here?
1: What makes Kentucky Wesleyan unique is it's a small family oriented community family. Uh, It's not a whole lot of people, um, but for the most part, everybody that comes across this campus, everybody that works on this campus uh, does have some kind of. Does have a form of care about the people that they work with and these young people that we have coming through here, um, and but I, I, the biggest thing is I, I I've been here three and a half years and now I'm starting to see that people are start starting and willing to to change and progress and you know catch up with everything else that's going on around us. Um, so I I think that's what's kept me here. Um, I think that's what'll continue to keep me here. Um, but really, the biggest thing that's kept me here is like I came in with Wiley Kane, and I get to watch him grow up, and yeah. and, 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 and 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 we've been uh, bringing in some some pretty good student athletes, both in the classroom and on the field. So to be a part of a change like that that hasn't occurred at a place that deserves it. Uh, is I think is really the biggest thing that's that's, that's holding me.
0: Yeah, I, the culture change on the football team over the last few years has been dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Wiley's the easiest one, you know, obviously to point out. But there's there's so many students on that football team that make a difference on campus beyond the field. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to close this by saying, everybody better be at the Kentucky Wesleyan football games. When does the season start?
1: September. 10th at home i believe
0: september 10th at home
1: against uh lake erie college i was
0: like it doesn't matter who we're playing because we're gonna beat them right we Um, gotta get get there we we gotta get there (laughs) um and i always feel bad for y'all because i know august is coming up and it's like the hottest time of the year when you have those guys out there but i know y'all work hard so i just want to thank you for everything that you do for our students um and we're so lucky to have you here coach
1: thank you becca i appreciate it all right
0: thank you